All right, welcome back into Talking Distance. This is the podcast we created to share and spread our passion for all things Indiana distance running. I'm one of your two hosts. I'm Jared Turner from Yorktown High School, joined by Coach Rick Sluter from Columbus North High School. Coach, how you doing? I'm doing great. How was your uh, holiday season? Oh, awesome. Uh, always fun. I mean, it's it's the break within the break, right? It's, it's yeah. the break from school that you get within the break from, uh, you know, cross country and track. Uh, so it's it's always a good time to recharge and and then, you know, get ready to get back at it, because uh, as we'll talk about a lot today, winter uh, training is focused right now. Yeah, we are, uh, you know, we're six months. We got a six month season coming up right now. And that's what we want to talk about today. How yeah, we're going to structure our season and mileage and and um, what meets are important. And if you're going to run a meet in January, how do you still stay strong for June, you know, second, third sort of sort of time? So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what we're going to dive into today. Yeah. So I know uh, I guess first question has been, you know, when did your winter conditioning or winter season start? I mean, because I know you guys had a lot of postseason interest from your guys' teams. You guys went down to Alabama, uh, ran in the monsoon. Uh, you, uh, you went to, uh, NXR. So, uh, I mean, when, when does, with your program, when does your winter training start or when do you kind of switch the conversation to uh, a big bulk of winter training heading into track season? Yeah. So, so we started, we actually are looking at it way different this year. And mm-hmm. as I've gotten further along in the coaching, you still periodize, right? Like there's, there are Mm -hmm. periods of training, but we kind of look at it longer term, bigger picture. And, um, you know, you and I just talked about the idea with, without me getting too far off topic here, Mm -hmm. summer training used to be three months when we were kids. Now it's not now summer training is eight weeks weeks back in school. Yeah. Yeah. And one of those is moratorium. Yep. And one of those is camp. Yep. So you got, you know, five, six weeks of real training. So, we look at it as our winter season is our big training and we're going to look at it. We look at it all the way through um, April 1st. We take a long approach, but I'll get to that in a minute. But what we did this year is we actually looked at October 30th. So um, right after the state meet, and we're going to look at it all the way through April 1st. Um, But we took our break in there. Like included in that was our, um, like two weeks down and, and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. So we, we were on it. We were looking at our buildup still being um, four weeks in November, like still training going, you know, yeah. running every day and doing all that. And then we took our two weeks, you know, down a little bit and then we're building back up. So we're going to look at it all the way as a, a, a kind of a, I know this sounds weird if you're not really looking at my calendar and kind of knowing what our, our break looks like, but we kind of looked at it as a November 30th, through April 1st window. Yeah. And I mean, that's the first thing I feel like you have to speak to is just the length of the winter training block. Most kids, I think most students are probably really jacked up to get to work over the summer because, you know, they're, they're going into fall cross country and they want to build up that training. But like you said, I mean, maybe eight or nine weeks at most nowadays and and you already spoke to how many of those weeks are kind of already taken up with whether a camp or, or family uh, vacation. Yeah. Family vacations yeah. or a moratorium, like all that stuff. I mean, we're talking over winter. If if you're talking October 30th, uh, the true kind of end of high school cross country season to April 1st, kind of the, the real start of outdoor track season. I mean, you're talking over 20 weeks. Like that is yeah. a huge bulk of time for kids to get better if they 
you know, really commit yep. to training through some of the worst conditions that we'll see all year round. Uh, yep. And I think that has to be part of the conversation too. I mean, we're, we're sitting here today recording this podcast and outside my door, we just got four inches of snow overnight and I just got done sledding with my kids. <laughs> I'm sure that's not great running weather that a lot of kids are anxious to get out in, but it can be a game changer. I mean, yes. over 20 weeks of bulk training to prepare for your track season, you could see huge gains. Yeah. Ours is, I've, I counted it because we got a program going here. It's 22 weeks for mm-hmm. us. And and during that 22 weeks, two of it are down, right? Like it's built in. Like I don't want anybody to say, oh, Columbus North doesn't take rest periods. We we definitely have our rest window in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, when do most kids take that? After Alabama or are they all kind yeah, of Yeah, we different? did it after after the uh, running lane meet. Yep. So we we trained. We were back at it November 30th. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, October 30th. And we trained all through November. And then um, that race was on December 2nd. And, you know, I'll use my son as an example. He and I woke up December 3rd in, in Huntsville. Um, still a little pruney from all the, the water. <laughs> and um, he and I ran five miles because we did something. They did a post-run deal with one of the sponsors. So he and I jogged that together. And then he went on two weeks where... He ran a little, he rested a lot and he recharged his brain mm-hmm. and recharged his, his uh, body. And then he's back at but it. Really, really a kind of break from structured training like he yes. had been doing. And I think right now is probably a great time to say that that was Columbus Thorne. That was not Columbus North High School. That was Columbus We Thorne. are following all IHSA yes. rules as we always would as coaches. Uh, we do kind of have an involvement in our our running clubs in our respective yep. cities as well. And uh, we would obviously always go by the book and not break any IHSA rules throughout any of this. Uh, disclaimer right there for sure. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? That's actually kind of not to get us off topic here, but that's kind of a little bit of an important point that, that um, you and I talked about through our coaches association, know your rules. Mm-hmm. Right. And luckily we've kind of been told that for distance runners and most, you know, what is it? Um, one, two, three, four, five, all but five of the track events, you can kind of do what you want most of the year. Right. And we're lucky yep. with that. Yeah. Um, and when you get into track, you know, you get away from the distance events. It is a little more complicated with, you it know, is. Like, event you specific training. Out, you can't yeah, have you the, get the hurdles and blocks out and discus and shot put. And then it's, yep. then it's different. And you got your rules that you have to, but we, abide can, condition, by. we mm-hmm. can condition all year, which is really good. Now we got yeah. our windows. That's another thing to know too. Right. Yeah. If you're a coach, go look up our windows in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, of when you can be with them and when you can't, there's a little bit of those down periods. Yep. But, definitely um, is. But start mm-hmm. a club. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and I mean, a lot of, a lot of clubs uh, are great, you know, not, not really feeder programs, but, but great organizations to have in your community to, to keep the kids motivated, to give them yep. something a little different, a taste you get of some, you get some other coaches involved. Like, you know, mm-hmm. my parents help out, um, yep. you know, a guy in the community helps out when I'm not allowed to be there or can't be there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's good, but that's great. Like no, know, know your rules is a great, I mean, you and I were talking right before the podcast started about the HSR series and the fact that, you know, in track season, you only get yep. 16 contests. That's a maximum number of contests you can have, but the HSR series only counts as one, no matter how many of the qualifiers you go to. Those are, those are things you need to know as a coach, you know, so educate yourself, whether it's the rules interpretation meeting that's coming up, but, uh, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and stay back on topic. Yeah. But, if I were to really nail you down, coach, and say, hey, what what are the two or three things Columbus North is really trying to get out of their winter training block, what what would it be for you? Well, I'm this is one of those where 
we're probably just talking semantics because everybody's got their their word usage here. I I don't like the term base training anymore mm-hmm. because I think like base training kind of insinuates that you just go jog some miles and try to, mm-hmm. you know, stay in shape or get fit or lay this. Fun. But I, I kind of like the idea and I'm stealing this from several people, but the idea of maybe like foundation. Okay. So we're doing a little bit of everything already. Like cross country's over, but, but we still have a long run. You know, we still hit Hills. We are on the track doing strides already. Mm-hmm. Those will morph into, you know, one twenties and some two hundreds as we go. Mm-hmm. And so what we're trying to do is, is, this is going to sound a little bit like a motivational thing, but we're trying to do things that we haven't done before. So we're, we're expanding the system. Like we're building our foundation. Like, you know, I, I don't want to share too much here because it, it, it sounds crazy if you're not looking at our whole plan, but you know, this morning, my son ran 14 miles. Mm-hmm. Well, that probably sounds crazy to a lot of people for January 6th. Yeah. Saturday but morning, long Saturday morning for, for a sophomore and high school boy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Who, who who has a good base of training? Yes, and, injuries are know, low. Injuries are low. Not a lot high injury yep. risk. And, and and he's a sixteen twenty kid, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's so he's got mm-hmm. some established racing and that kind of stuff. And but uh, but you know he never ran fourteen miles before, so okay. we're pushing that. Now I'm going to draw yep. him back, and we're getting yep. into other things. But but I'm okay with that. Like like I want our kids doing, and I know this isn't. Like some coaches, when you ask me that question or I ask you that question, they want me to say, we're doing two tempo runs a week and we're doing, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. But, but that's not exactly what I'm trying to do. I, like we're building up their mileage because this is the window to get better. Yeah. So, so their mileage I mean, is coming up. And so, so maybe point number one, mileage, or mm-hmm. you call it foundation, found building the foundation, building an aerobic base. If I were to kind of throw my own words yep. in there, aerobic development. I mean, a- anything else? I mean, is there anything else that's really kind of a, a hallmark of what, what you want your kids to have uh, after this block of winter training is over, maybe heading into track season. Yeah, I, I do. I want them to have ran the most miles that they've ever ran at this time period in their life. Mm-hmm. That could be a freshman girl who's running 33 or it yeah. could be a senior boy who's touching 60 to 70. So you're saying compared to last winter. Compared to last year. Ran. Yeah. yeah. Like this winter, I'm running way more than I w- was last year. Yeah. And that's a good objective data point there. Exactly. Right? If, they, if they know what they've done in the past, let's try to exceed that. Like that's yep. our goal for, and, and once again, it feeds right into that, you know, doing things you've never done before and aerobic development and building the foundation. Yep. Uh, so yeah. Okay. So, love it. Yeah. So if I want to hit, if I want to give some, some coaches out there, some ideas, you know, we're, we're going to hit, um, we're going to start to right now, January Sit, uh, sorry, I'm off my dates here. January 8th, yep. Monday on Monday, when we come back, you know, we start school on Monday, I had this week off We're yep. we're lucky. Um, but we're going to do two challenging aerobic runs a week. So whether you call that a tempo run or negative split run or threshold running, whatever, we're going to do two challenging aerobic runs a week. We're going to do a long run of a certain, you know, whatever our distances are for various kids. Um, and we're going to do at least two double runs. Yeah. So morning, three to four miles, afternoon, five to six miles. When you say difficult or challenging, what are you talking about? Are you talking about pace or are you talking about yes, length? pace effort. Okay. Gotcha. And or length. Mm-hmm. Any of those three, we'll manipulate all three of those variables. And see, I mean, yeah, like Yorktown, we're doing a lot of the same things. I mean, a lot of the things that you're talking about are, are the things that 
that we believe are valuable too. I mean, we, we have not done a lot of workouts if I'm being completely honest, like we've yep. just challenged kids to get out there and run on a consistent basis. And, you know, I think I've probably used the phrase, be more consistent than you ever have before. Yes. Um, you know, and, and I like the objectiveness of like trying to run more miles than you have before, but you know, I, I know the the verbiage I've been using with my team is like, just improve on your consistency, be a, be a consistent, you know, whether we're together in school, whether we're off on break, whatever, you know, whether I feel like this is just a great time of year where kids really kind of make training their own because there is less structure from coaches. And there are some breaks where we probably just don't see our kids, or at least most coaches out there don't yep. see their kids as often. So it's a, a time where they can really make it their own. Well, and if you're, if you're a coach out there, I, I, I just, this frustrates me to no end when when coaches say my kids will never do that, whatever mm -hmm. that is. Well, yeah, they will. And and Columbus North and Yorktown are not that much more different than anywhere else. You're right. Mm -hmm. So so I've got a freshman boy who I didn't see. I hope he doesn't listen to this. I had a freshman boy on my team who I didn't see all summer as an eighth grader coming in. I didn't see him. I saw him like six times all summer. Well, I might have saw him 12 times and that included camp. Right. Like yeah. he, he just didn't come and he wasn't in great shape and he caught the bug somewhere through the year and he ran 17 flat at the um, at the NXR meet. So after the season was officially over, he ran 17 flat and then he went down and won one of the races, his section at running lane. He ran 10 miles on like Tuesday of this week. Uh huh. Freshman boy ran 10 miles. So and it's, so it's got him. He's not hurt. <laughs> Just mm -hmm. to dispel that he's not hurt. Mm -hmm. um, he's enjoying it like crazy. And then I pulled him back just for those coaches out there who are thinking like, you know, you're going to get a kid hurt or a freshman boy at Columbus North is running 80 miles a week. That's not true either. Yeah. I just told him what he can't do the next three days. Yeah. That's it. And I let him do them whatever he wants, you know, whatever fits his mileage for that week. Um, but how awesome is it that I got some freshman boy who mm -hmm. on his own went out and ran 10 miles. Yeah. So and this I mean, is a those, great culture building window. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. That's, a, that's a great line to end it with there, like a culture building window. But if there's a coach out there, like some of us coaches do, they tend to dwell on the negative. Not enough of their kids are, are bought in. Not enough of their kids are training consistently this time of year. And maybe they are feeling a little hopeless or maybe heck, even a coach of a very good program uh, has a few kids in their team. They're like, why, why just, why can't I get this kid locked in and training consistently. Cause I know he could have a huge breakout if he or she does talking boys or girls yep. here. What, what, what kind of carrot can you dangle out there, coach? I mean, what, what have you had in your back pocket through your years of coaching experience? Is it, is it a winter program reward, like a winter warriors program? I know a lot of yep. teams do that. Uh, is it simply just having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with that kid and telling them what he could become or what you see in him? Like all of the above, I, I don't know, just given it some is coaches, all the above. Um, yeah, it is all the above this year for the first time. Um, I sat down with almost every kid on our team, boys and girls, and had about a 15 to 20 minute meeting with every kid. And I, I had a sheet I filled out. I mean, it was a lot of time invested, but, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's, we, so we had those one-on-one -on -one meetings, right. And you got to, like you're learning exit interviews. Exit you interview. Yeah. Uh, in fact, you know what? Probably no. If I'm being mm -hmm. honest, it was less exit interview, more upcoming preview. What's the next step? Yeah. What's yeah, the next one? It. And mm -hmm. um, so it was real push on what, where we're going, but then, yeah, we do, we do our program down here. Um, there are kids right now chasing different levels depending on their age and that kind of thing. And um, you know, we got a whole system here of 
how many doubles do they do? How many mi- how many miles do they hit over that big window? All those pieces, and they're gonna earn t-shirts and you know stickers and you know jackets and you know maybe a free uh, trip to camp if they oh. if they hit certain things. Like we'll okay. I, we'll pay for their camp, and you know like Coach Freeman said down there too. You got to invest not only your time, but you might have to invest some money. Yeah, and um, you get some kid, some girl runs, some girl ran twenty three minutes last year. And runs twenty one thirty this year, mm-hmm. and she comes up and gives you a huge hug or is crying. Yeah, that'll be money well spent on twenty eight dollars worth of donuts, no doubt, and time well spent. Because, like you said, yeah. a lot of these things do take thought, they take planning, they take initiative on the behalf of the coach and the coaching staff. But well, well worth it if you get a situation like that. Uh, it is funny what kids like really enjoy getting or what motivates them. <laughs> T-shirts always seem to be a big one, right? The beanie hats for NXR are just like yep. unparalleled as far as like the kids wanting those things. I've found out like these, uh, you know, the stickers that they put on their water bottles now are like oh, huge yeah. things. You know that that was never a thing before, and now that now it is. So you try, you're right, you try to adjust yep. and uh, do something that's valuable. I've seen a lot of coaches on social media handing out. Uh, old retro uniforms and old oh, retro yeah. gear. I mean, that's always a hit. We keep our, so. we keep, if like somehow just every year I end up with like five ribbons from track yeah. left over. We keep, I keep all those. Some five, kids man, you are really organized. I ended up with like 50 extra. It's <laughs> terrible. Some kid's going to get third place at the, at the Bloomington South dual meet uh, long jump ribbon this year at camp. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, So it, have you found there's any drawbacks to making this part of the season and winter training, like more, more organic and more hands-off from a coach's perspective is, is there kids that fall through the cracks is any drawbacks to that? Anytime you ask yourself, man, as coach Sluter, you're thinking to yourself, man, I I should make things more organized. You ever get, you ever feel like you should do that? I do. It's well, yes, every day. Right, like because every, you're an anal retentive coach, because, or because <laughs> I'm anal retentive, yeah, Freud would have a field day. Uh, yes, but um, but I, but but then I like the ten mile kid. If I told him to go run ten miles on that day, he wouldn't have wanted to do it as much. Most likely, Great some fortune boy who's drawn himself in, and so I got I I've really took a lot of time to draw back and look at the um, the wins, right? Like, what are these kids doing? My son and I today lost track of the number of kids who are running better than they ever have January 6th before ever on this date. We just lost track. Like it's almost every kid on our roster. Right. Mm -hmm. And so there, there, there's a lot of that. that You just got to let it go. And, and because to your point from that freshman kid, like this is a point in time that you called it a culture building uh, moment. Like they start to make it their own. And if they have caught that bug, if they do enjoy the kids that they're, training around, if they do enjoy the program, they can really make it their own during this time of year. And, you know, it's not like, oh, I got a race coming up on Saturday, or I got a threshold on Wednesday or a PPM or whatever you want to call them. Like, it's truly like, hey, it's up to me to get out there and run. And if I want to be better than the next guy, then I got to do it. It is. And it's created like the positive side of FOMO, like that fear of missing out. Like it's the positive side. Like I want to be there um, because I want to see what I want to see what so-and-so is doing. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, this is kind of cool. So, so I'm going to use my son a lot because he and I have just had these conversations the last week or so. Um, he'll say to me, like, he's getting into this. Right. And so he'll say to me, yeah, but dad, you know, yeah, so-and-so did run 10 miles, but he ran it at X pace, mm-hmm. meaning slow quote. Right. Yeah. And, um, I'm like, no, buddy, you're looking at this the wrong way. That's the way I used to look at it too. 
Mm-hmm. But I got a girl who just ran eight miles, but she was, you know, maybe 20 seconds a mile, 10 seconds a mile slower than I thought she might've been, but she just ran eight miles. She's never ran eight miles before. Big win. Big win. Mm-hmm. Big win. Like she's fitter yep. now than she was before. Stop she's nitpicking it. Now. It's a big yes. win. And mm-hmm. now the next notch is, all right, let's get them. Let's get them 10 seconds faster a mile. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you got to learn to walk before, you know, you can run. And so that's mm-hmm. what we're doing. And so, um, and, and get them to buy in, like offer them donuts in the morning. If you, if you want them to start doing doubles, open up the gym, get them in there in the morning, send them out for the run, have the donuts waiting for them when they get back. Um, you know, I'm a big believer in this too. Get out and walk. If you can't run, walk when they're running, mm-hmm. then coaches in like coaches doing it too. <laughs> if coach, if you can run jog your two miles, I don't care, you know, get it in. Or if you're still fast and still good, run with them. Yeah. Um, coach is putting I, his, in his minutes, you know, coach is getting them in and, and you got your time to build your relationship with that athlete. You got your time to build a relationship with your team. Um, the other day I had a girl who was struggling a little bit. And so I jumped in and I ran with her. We ran five miles together. I bet you she wouldn't have ran three miles had I not ran with her. Mm-hmm. She hadn't, it was just one of those high school things. She hadn't eaten in like 18 hours you know, something like that. Yeah. She didn't get good sleep. She was hanging out with her friends and she was just, she was just dead tired. And you could say, well, then you shouldn't have ran five miles with her, but I found that out afterwards. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. um, and so, um, we got to talk the whole time. I got her through a five mile run and she and I are 1% closer. Yeah, exactly. You know? uh-huh. And, um, so yeah, this is a fun time. So many things you can do and, and, um, Get them to just, yeah, get them to run to a place out in the country or to a building they've never ran to before. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're Ben Davis and I know those guys are doing a fantastic job, you know, hey, you run this loop, let's run it 30 seconds faster. Mm -hmm. And I guarantee you they'll run that loop two minutes faster. Yeah. And this is a, this is a lesson learned the hard way from me as a coach, but you know, we all know who are like our dedicated kids are like the kids that, you know, they're going to be doing the right thing, you know, are bought in, you know, have caught the bug. And sometimes I made the mistake in the past of, of just kind of reaching out to those kids and, yes. and encourage them like, Hey, we, you know, we're getting together for a Saturday long run. If you want to come out because I knew they'd be interested. Yep. Dude, send that to everybody on your team, Do send it. that invitation to everybody on your team, because you'd be surprised uh, how many kids will get that message and be like, Oh, okay. <laughs> now there's, now is there, there's a layer of accountability. Like yeah. now, if I wake up at 8 a.m. by myself and I know I'm not meeting anybody, really easy for me to hit the snooze and, and just go back to sleep. But if I know coaches kind of organize this thing where a bunch of my teammates are showing up, then I have accountability. You know, I have and, a group to yes. run with. I, I found especially important with girls. Like girls oh, love to be 100%. together on runs. They love to have yeah. the social aspect of getting together and training. And, and I feel like when that happens, they train even harder too. They push themselves. Yes. The conversation pushes them. It makes the miles easier. Um, I think that's something that all coaches out there, I don't care where you're coaching out, whether it's a small school or a large school, whether you got five kids that are training consistently over the winter or 50, make sure all your kids know that you're meeting and when you're meeting, because you'd be surprised how many show up that maybe you wouldn't expect. Yeah. And I'm going to add one layer to that. I've started to have some of my kids send it out and not just yeah. the best kids, like send it out to anybody, right? Like have, have one of your kids who's really into, I mean, we've all got that kid. Well, we don't know all, but we all need that kid. Who's like a you know eighteen forty five boy, but he could tell you who Jacob Ing- Ingbertson is, right? <laughs> yes, you know. And so, like, if he sends that message, it's even it's just as powerful as my fifteen twelve boy or my you know, yeah, seventeen whatever you know girl, 
So, but are you having your kids communicate that because your Snapchat game is not on par, Coach? Or... It is not. <laughs> you know, um, I uh, I have not snapped in ever. Uh, <laughs> not, I have not forever, like ever. in ever, yeah, ever. Um, yeah, the kids talk about their Snapchat groups. I'm like, yep, I'm old. I'll I'll catch you guys on the Remind app, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, and they get mad at each other now. Like one girl was mad at one of her best friends because she went on a cruise and they didn't have Wi-Fi and they blew like a. I swear to you, somehow it was like a 3000 day streak. <laughs> I believe it. It was before Snapchat was even made, but, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. How does that work? But it they were like four, but uh, oh, yeah. goodness. Uh, and they were mad. Like if you had Wi-Fi, you could get on and we could still do it. And yeah. Shame so, on them. How dare they yeah. live a day of their life without Wi-Fi? How terrible. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know what? I, I, well, you and I started off this podcast this way. And I, you know, it was the talk I gave last year at the clinic and all that. You can do this. Like you really can do this as a coach. Mm -hmm. And it might start with that one kid. It might. And you might be at um, North Central Farmersburg where I went to school and you haven't had a full girls team in four years. Yeah. Well, there's got to be that one. Yeah. There's got to be that one girl who will show up mm -hmm. and then you spread it. Right. Um, I, I'll be honest with you right now. I, I've ordered. um <laughs> I've ordered 100 Nike uniforms and mm -hmm. I don't know how I'm going to pay for them. <laughs> uh, they're on their way. My wife may have a shocking bill come to our house, but we got club uniforms and I guarantee you when those custom Nike uniforms come in, yeah, I'm going to get a hundred kids who stick around for NXR okay. and, um, and running lane next year because they want to yep. wear those jerseys. Yeah. And I, and I know I'm just making a blanket statement here and I know there's other angles to this, but I'm just saying this because it's my opinion and I've been there. That small school coach out there, whoever's listening to this small school coach where you only got like two or three kids showing up, your job is harder than mine is right now because I've been there. You know, I, I've been where only three or four kids show up and the excitement level is not what you want it to be. Keep grinding, keep building yep. like it will happen. Like if you make cross country something special, if you make track something special that kids want to be a part of it will happen. Uh, but it's hard. It's hard at the beginning where the excitement's not there and, and the kids aren't showing up and, and you're yep. trying to inject all the enthusiasm. Yeah. Like you leave that practice drained, keep after it. Your, your job is harder than, than ours is right now, but I've been there. Coach Luter, you've probably yep. been there. Um, you just gotta, oh. you just gotta keep after it. At Munster, we were third in 2014 and we had less kids come out the next year. Isn't that crazy? Our boys were third. They got medals. We got medals. It was awesome. They did a ceremony for us at the basketball game. Like all those things happened. And less kids came out the next year. I think you needed cooler Nike uniforms. We did. You... I yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, my off-brand ones that my wife made for us didn't uh <laughs> <laughs> Jake, she uh, iron on letters, the iron on letters. But, yeah. And you know what? This brings it because you asked a question earlier too. And and I would encourage a coach, don't get mad at that kid who's not coming. Mm -hmm. Don't get mad at him. Bring them over, talk to them, keep encouraging them. Hey, you know, I'd love to see you run two miles, man. Get two miles in. That's it. And yeah. then, I, you know, I'll see you. I, hopefully you come the next day. Like getting yep. mad at them does you no good. Getting frustrated with it because, man, they already think you hate them. I mean, a girl could run <laughs> That's a their one, default setting. It's yeah. a default. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. A girl could run one second off her PR and, and her first thought is coach is going to be mad. Yeah. Yeah, you know, when you when you uh, couldn't be more incredibly proud. You know, yep. it's crazy. And, and I'm gonna I'll tell the story. And again, you know, some coaches will roll their eyes, but my first year down here, I was the girls' coach, right? The girls only. And we had about 30 girls out for the team, 27. And then winter warriors hit. And because we had a lot of swimmers on our team, and we had a lot of kids who had had three coaches in three years, and I wasn't Coach Weinheimer, 
right? They had been with Coach Weinheimer, who's, you know, obviously, you know, one of the best coaches our state's ever had. And and mm -hmm. so Winter Warriors hit, and I remember having about eight high school girls there. Mm -hmm. I'm like, where am I going? Like, I oh my gosh, I, I made a mistake. Defeated. Yep. I, mm -hmm. I made a mistake. Like, oh no. But I treated those eight girls awesome. I bought them, you know, gloves and we got shirts and we did, I bought them sub six shirts. So we knew that if you ran under six minutes that spring, you were going to get a shirt. Yeah, and the club we, bought them, by the way. The club bought them. Uh, club Rick bought didn't them. buy them. The club bought yeah. them. Yeah. IHSA rule. <laughs> I yeah. don't even know. Um, I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, I signed them all to NIL deals. Um, and, um, but, we, but They're I did that. They're now doing used car commercials. <laughs> right. And the next year, um, this is the next year, um, I had a senior that bought in and I had a sophomore that bought in. And the next year, um, we got it. I knew this influx of good freshmen were coming. And we set the tone and we set the culture and those eight girls bought in and they took in all those freshmen who came next year under their wings. And they were ridiculously good. Like I, mm -hmm. I full, mm -hmm. full disclosure. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. but we went from 20th to fifth. Mm -hmm. And if I acted like an a-hole and I was mad at the rest of the team who didn't show up and I just hammered those girls that were there and all that, then those girls, we wouldn't have had the season we had that news would have traveled just as fast, yes. if not faster about yep. how big of a jerk coach Sluter is. Yeah. Yes. I mean, yeah, more, more honey than vinegar. I mean, it's you know, the kind of age old uh, aphorism, but it's true. Uh, that one thing I wanted to get to, we only got like five or six minutes remaining. And I know this would take uh, at least that much, if not longer, but I've always struggled personally with the indoor season within this winter block. Um, HSR series kind of starts up around March Sometimes I even feel like if you start up at the beginning of March, it's really hard to to hold a really high standard for kids all the way up to May. So so maybe you you don't have kids take the beginning of outdoor season as seriously after you come back from spring break or whatever your calendar looks like, or maybe you hold them out of some of those events. I I don't know what what kind of things have you learned from from your years of coaching about how to handle the indoor season um, and and track literally starting up officially at the beginning of February. And, and still trying to hold those guys together and racing well all the way up until the end of May, if not June. Yeah. And that's why, you know, um, one of my big realizations a couple of years ago, our boys um, ran the indoor HSR meet and, you know, us and like Zionsville and, and um, uh, Westfield and, and Carmel all had great four by eight teams and we ran 740, whatever, right. Mm -hmm. 740 something. And then outdoors, we ran 730 something. Yeah. Well, okay, those kids are really good, but we did yep. that. I mean, we went all the way through that whole year and we ended running faster than we even started. Yeah. And um, so did those schools, by the way. I mean, it was those same mm -hmm. schools racing us for the medals at the state meet. Mm -hmm. And um, and I just I just looked this year, um, the beginning of March is where we can start those first indoor meets. Yep. It's 13 weeks till the state meet. Mm -hmm. That was my rough count. So um, I think like you, you said this to me in our pre-show, you're the coach, like you decide when to pull kids back. Cause we were talking about 10 mile runs and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And I think that's what you do here is you have a great idea. Um, she goes by Addison, right? Canablo. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Addison. I mean, that girl could hammer the indoor meet. She ran 10, 11 or something one year. Yeah, I feel like record. Yeah. Yeah. 10, 10, Oh, something, maybe whatever it was. And, and then she was right there neck and neck at the outdoor meet. Mm -hmm. um, my girl, well, last, last, you know, indoor season, she won the 32 and was third or fourth outdoors, right? Like, mm -hmm. like you can hold it. I, I just think you structure your training in such a way that 
you're not see that's a like fallacy i think or something you a trap you could fall into is we got a we got a wednesday indoor meet we got to not run as hard monday and we got to back off on tuesday and then we got to recover on wednesday well maybe but mm-hmm. why don't you just train and accept the results for what they are right and and even with a huge track team, like you have to handle it, every kid individually. Like if you got mm-hmm. a kid that does have some injury history and you've seen in past years, as soon as he puts spikes on and runs on the track that he starts having some, you know, shin issues or leg issues or whatever, like you got to be cognizant of that, you know, moving forward. And, and you're right. There's so many variables uh, us as coaches have control of, like we can pull back volume. We can pull back pace. We can pull back how many races they're in. We can yep. pull back how many meets they're involved in. We can pull back what kind of terrain they're running on, whether it's Hills or flat. I mean, there's so many different things that you can do, but we still, can help I, with their yeah. mindset. Oh, absolutely. We can, you know, I, my kids now they've been introduced to like the, um, they've been introduced to the, um, NCAA, like, like conversion tables. Mm-hmm. So like yeah. the altitude for, you know, yes. qualifying for indoors and the bank track and oversized. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so like I showed them all that. Why? Because it took their mind off of like my race at Bloomington on Wednesday night. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was, you know, you know, 1037. Mm-hmm. And I know your goal is to break 10 minutes later, but mm-hmm. it's March 6th and we're going to be running this, you know, six more times before June 1st. And, um, you know, so we look at conversion tables and a bank track, yeah. and, you know, I can kind of, even if it is a bit of a fudge, I can say, well, that 1037 outside would have been worth 1021. <laughs> oh, it would have exactly. it. it Yes, yeah. it would have. Now go get your popcorn, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Okay. Get your mind off of it. Yeah. How, how long are your practices coach? How long? I mean, you, you probably started like a three or something or. Yeah, we start at three 30. We get out three 15. Uh-huh. Um, so we start on three 30 and most kids are probably heading home five 30, five 40. Yeah. It's like a two hour practice. And this is one thing you and I have discussed before. Uh, two hour practice seems seems right. But could you extend to like two hours and 30 minutes? And I know there's a bunch of reasons why you would or wouldn't. And, and talk about some of that mental stuff. Talk about some of that mental preparation. Oh. I know you're not going to be running that entire two and a half hours, but yeah. get your run in, get your ancillary work in your post run work, whatever yeah. you need to do, get your strides in. And then still have like 15 or 20 minutes to talk about some of this stuff as you guys are are stretching or doing some yeah. team building stuff. Like that's something I've always thought about being very valuable. And, and a lot of times I just run out of time and don't do it enough or as much as I want to. Yeah, no, yes, we do. We do. Mm-hmm. We meet um, on some of our easy days. We meet my classroom and we do we do that before we even go out to run. Yeah. Some of my kids about- have been like ran yoga sessions. That's not a strength of mine, but some of my kids have like ran <laughs> yoga right. sessions before and- and it just always kind of, it hits me how many kids after that say, oh, I love that. Because yes. it was out of the ordinary. It's something different. Um, it's something different. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it is like so much of this is mindset. So mm-hmm. right now, like my, my, our kids down here, they want to run. Like that's the word. I want to run, not I have to go run. Yeah. And you can do that. And it just takes time. It just takes time as a coach to build that up. And you know why? Every day before they leave, we give a fist bump and we talk to each kid. Um, it's a big, big deal. So, yep. Well, that's awesome coach. Well, we're about out of time, but, uh, man, good conversation about winter training, man. It gets me excited for HSR and all that comes with it. So, Hey, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Sounds good, coach. We'll, we'll be, uh, we'll be heading for the clinic. Won't we soon? That's right. Very soon. We'll see you there. All right. Thanks for listening to the talking distance podcast. Just a couple of reminders. Don't hesitate to reach out to us via email 
talkingdistancepodcast at gmail.com is the way to get a hold of us there. Uh, we're on X, previously known as Twitter, at talkingdistance, and on Instagram, at talkingdistancepodcast. Also, huge thanks to The Dip, which is a fantastic band out of Seattle, Washington, for our intro and outro music today. Definitely check out their music. And last but not least, I want to thank all of you guys, the athletes, coaches, and supporters that make Indiana distance running the absolute best. Thank you.